0: They can tell us we're crazy and we can say, well, you haven't seen anything yet. I do everything you know. was a goddamn night. Put you up and explode. Like it's the fourth of tonight. Possessed by perfection. In this land, if you're awake, you're the enemy. Thank you. Rise and the Empire Fall gentlemen welcome back to the mental mastery alliance podcast it has been a minute since I've recorded uh, February 20th we were 20th I think was the last time we put an episode out I have done some recordings we've done a few things I'm putting together a couple of pretty solid episodes that are pieced together so they're not just straight one-offs like the majority of our work uh, but I sit here With a lot to say, um, obviously, about the situation the last time we were speaking, I mean, this was like the truckers in uh, Ottawa was a huge thing, and they were going to release mandates and all this sort of stuff. And, um, and of course, now we have uh, the the major issue going on um, in those two places. Interestingly enough, I've found that the censorship goes on, that if you mention either of these places, you get flagged in a lot of things. Um, and it's peculiar because, I mean, obviously we're going to get flagged. Obviously everything is censored and obviously everything is just tickety-boo running as it stems. But there's a lot of things that I'm watching and I'm witnessing, and I don't want this to be an episode about that, about about those two places per se, but I'm going to use them as a background fodder for kind of what I want to talk about. Um, and this is more of a um, a mindset episode, a depression, anxiety type episode. Again, here we go. Um, it's a perfect opportunity to utilize this when anybody says anything against the narrative or against what they see on TV you know you can say things like um, nuclear weapons aren't fake but people right now are or sorry nuclear weapons are fake but people are afraid of the nuclear weapons they're afraid of the threat that somebody's going to shoot a nuke and when you look at this you're like well, what does a nuke look like and then in your mind you're like okay well blah 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 I've seen nuclear testing nuclear I've seen nuclear testing I've seen this on television I've seen this I've seen that and now is an opportunity to look inside your brain I mean we were told a certain story by a certain set of people that wanted to tell us a certain story and they showed us images much like the moon landing um, and your ability to discern helps you out here so with regards to the fear of them destroying the earth through a nuclear holocaust which is one of the fun things that the television likes to talk about you know you can say things like that's it's it's not it's not feasible it's not plausible it doesn't make sense why would they kill everybody there's no money in death all these things can be thought about but as the individual who's sitting there afraid you know what we're lacking is information what we're lacking is detail why would they want to threaten us why would this be a threat why are these people willing to kill all of these people? And who are the people willing to kill? It's so easy for us to point and say, they are the people, right? But when you look at the person, like if you stood face to face with Putin, and you were like, I'm Canadian, by the way, so that's my accent shining through. If you stood face to face with Putin, do you think that this guy is going to be like, I want to kill them all? You know, it's possible. It's possible that, that there are these robots that do these things and there are these, these issues and situations that come about. I mean, it's possible. Anything's possible. Absolutely anything's possible. Anything that you could ever imagine is possible. Which is also what makes the nuclear situation a threat, a true threat. Because that is inside your mind. You believe it to be real. And even having conversations about these two countries, people will tell you, oh, it's real, it's real. And what they're doing is they're showing you their fear, their trauma base. They're showing you what they need to show you to create their reality. They need to impress upon you just how important whatever it is they're saying is the truth. And to them, it is the truth because to them, they've done the research. This is the research. These are the answers that I've gotten. But it's been very, very overabundantly clear that recently anything you search will give you answers. And you can go down any rabbit hole. And if you don't have the ability to discern what it is you're looking at, it makes things complicated, to say the least. So if you are, here's, there's two things. There are critical thinkers, and there are people who have the ability to essentially discern, also not get overly involved in the situation, um, and kind of do the math. And there are other people who will say, I'm doing this, this, and this. This is my research. And if you disagree with me, I'm taking that personally. Not only am I taking that personally, but I'm going to attack you ad hominem. So I'm going to now denounce your character. If somebody were to say to you, nukes don't exist, you could say, well, what are you? A a scientist? And then the conversation ends. Whenever somebody attacks you like that, no matter who they are, just stop the conversation. Be like, we're not getting anywhere. If you have any interest, do your own research. I'm not going to sit here and tell you what I've seen. Because remember too, when it comes down to where we live, what we're doing, and how we're experiencing everything, the idea that you need to convince anybody else of what you choose to believe um, is, is a pain point, is a pressure point inside yourself. When you have these conversations and you're trying to explain these things to certain people, you understand too primarily that what you're doing is essentially trying to convince yourself. And the more you talk about these things, the more you understand what you're talking about. And the more it makes sense to you why certain things are the way they are. So as far as anyone's concerned, we've all watched the news. We've all done this. We've all done that. And some of us are now realizing that the news is lies. All of it. 100% of the news is bullshit. And everybody seems to want to argue. So if you take my point and don't take my point at fact, because I'm not speaking of at fact, I'm speaking of my experience with the news, how I look at it, from my perspective, from my trauma, from my upbringing, from my research, from my history, from who I am as an entity, I'm looking at the news. And theoretically, as the very same entity, am I explaining this to you, the listener, or am I simply speaking into a microphone because I myself need to understand it better? And that's the truth. Every single person that tries to speak on authority or be something that they're not or be something anything or, or play an image or anything like that I mean in Ontario we look at Doug Ford if any of you guys have watched Doug Ford speak you're just like what the fuck is this guy this guy's a robot the premier of Canada can't can't form a sentence without us. he's reading off a script this guy doesn't have an actual thought he's never spoken an actual thought in his entire life any of his interviews are 100% fabricated and anything that he could memorize and he speaks with such a soft tone and how us, as Canadians, have always bonded together to help everybody else. And he's saying all these cliches and catchphrases and dumb words. Fuck me. Right? There's the flip side of that. The American guy, Joe Biden, this guy can't even form a sentence. I, <laughs> I would love to drop some clips in here now of all Joe Biden, but I'm not prepared for that. This guy, I would say, hey, could you guys supply me with some clips of Joe Biden? You know, making stupid sentences. Right? That would be easy. The hard thing would be, hey, could you guys supply me clips of Joe Biden running a coherent sentence for five minutes or a speech for three minutes or anything at all? Mind you, a coherent five-minute sentence would be quite the run-on debacle. Um, But when you do your research, you you get these answers, you get these questions. And then you've got everybody fighting every side. And this is where I say Donald Trump is in the same thing. Donald Trump was very articulate with what he had to say, but he's also very good at division. He's riling people up against the people that aren't. So now... If you're a huge Trump supporter, you hate Biden primarily because he's Biden, but also because of Trump. Now, another thing, too, with regards to Trump, if this guy was as delivered, the all powerful, almighty you know, president, there, there's a million things he could have done to prevent that clearly fraudulent election. But the point wasn't to stop it. The point was to show everyone how fake democracy is, right? Right. And it doesn't matter what side of the, the political spectrum that you lay on. If you just simply look at the graphs and watch the 3 a.m. spikes of the Biden votes, you know, you're like, okay, well, I, have, I now have questions. Which is what stems back, back to this issue in this scenario. I mean, the president of Ukraine, prior to being the president of Ukraine, was a television actor on a television show where he played the president of the Ukraine for four years. The studio that put this show on the air then decided that they were going to make a. They were gonna. They were gonna make a political party, so now the political party is in the studio, and then the actor playing the president is now running for president. And there are audio tapes. They are out there. They exist. You can look these up. Uh, there are audio tapes of, um, of the Americans talking about who they were going to put in power in the Ukraine. There's also all kinds of Biden tapes talking about what they were doing in the Ukraine. So this, the, the, the stories that we get, you know, I'm not siding on one way or the other, but I am saying that for years or for two years, the media has told us they've just blasted us with COVID bullshit. Just an unnecessary amount of like over the, top like every single post on Facebook has a disclaimer now Uh, that's absurd that's absurd that that's that that's a thing right that's how deep the propaganda runs and they think that we forget so in Canada we had you know three weeks of protests where the where the Canadians eventually just got beat down by the police the police just rolled in and beat everybody up and ran over people with horses that shit all took place Um. I mean, I wasn't there to see it, but it was what was delivered. And as I look at these things, I'm like, is this what I want to believe? Because in the same videos, you're looking at, you know, bouncy castles and all that sort of stuff. And again, it leads to division. If you believe that the police rolled in and beat everybody up and there was no instigation, that's a thing, you know? And then other people, again, other people are going to be doing their research. I saw on TikTok. How can you fake TikTok? TikTok is just a guy with a camera. There's an algorithm to TikTok. There's an algorithm to TikTok that is created by division prime example the tiktok algorithm rewards uh, in china rewards uh kids and people that use tiktok for uh inventing things uh doing science stuff proper science you know uh, showing explosions or or whatever like the volcano stuff in science class. Like like the kids depending on the age group and all that sort of stuff because tiktok has all that information these kids get rewarded and when I say rewarded I mean they get bumped up they get more likes they get more subscribers they get more followers the algorithm responds to doing something amazing and creative meanwhile the algorithm in all of the western society responds to shaking your ass that's what the TikTok algorithm dumb dances shaking your ass being stupid so while TikTok is out there making their own people rewarding their own people for intelligence it's rewarding the rest of the world for idiocracy and when we say things like TikTok, you know, TikTok and, and all these other videos, they can't, you know, they, they can't be faked. Well, I mean, they can't be faked. So everything is real. Every piece of everything that you're seeing for the most part was filmed by somebody. But what we're allowed to see makes us believe that it's the whole picture when it truly isn't. There's no way that we get to see the entire picture because the same things that we're fighting against are, are the things that we're using. We're using the items that, that we're fighting against to fight against the items that we're fighting against and they know that. The TikTok, the Facebook, the Instagram, you know, every single person that was really talking shit, like talking serious stuff, everyone that was talking anything that could really open your eyes on Instagram has been deleted, has been wiped out. My list of friends has just dwindled down to nothing. My exposure has been has been taken away because of the side stuff that I post on top of the motivation on top of that because for me, my main objective with all of this isn't to show that somebody's doing something in somewhere some this. My entire objective to everything that I do is to show you that you have the power and the ability inside you to change exactly what's going on inside your life, depending on how you choose to focus on what you choose to focus on, knowing that all of society has been working against you since day one, which is the root cause of all depression and anxiety. And then what do we tell ourselves? We tell ourselves the stories, the war stories, the this, the that. Oh, it's, it's really brave you know, to fight through depression. It's really brave to fight through this, that, and the other thing, which It truly is but the implication there being if I'm not brave I can't do it and most depressed people don't believe they're brave and most depressed people think it's too hard to get rid of depression so again we we believe the analogy right if I take depression out of it I talk about smoking because smoking was another one too the number one taxable industry and the number one making the people less of people industry is smoking if you want to keep people vibrating lower they take away their oxygen right i.e. face masks as well oh boy you take away their oxygen, people aren't paying attention. It's mandatory that you that you're oxygenated inside the meat suit that you're currently wearing. Right? So why do people smoke cigarettes? Why did four to five doctors recommend camels? Right? Why do we why do we trust the science when the science can be bought? Right? So when you are one of the few people who really decides that you want to start thinking about these things, then you can. And it's not about being right. It's not about being wrong. It's about understanding who you are and where you are better. And this is the shit that cures depression. Depression only comes from the idea that something's supposed to be the another way than it is. And you can say, you know, I'm really only depressed because I really wanted this, that, and the other thing. And and this, that, and this isn't the way it is. And then you're going to hear people say, no man, you're talking about being depressed versus depression. Right. And honestly, that's a story too. That's the same story I was told. I suffered my whole life from anxiety and depression. And then I lived with anxiety and depression. And now I have zero anxiety and depression. You know, and there are so many things that you can do to help that and to fix that. And these are the things that we work on together as well. So when you want to cure these things, when you want to look at these things, it's not a matter of trying to do something different with the information that you have. It's a matter of acquiring new information. Once you have new information, you have new understanding, new comprehension. There are things that you can do that are entirely different than things that you've been doing. And it's not a threat. It's not a fear. It's not anything. It's, it's, it's just an understanding of who you are, where you are, what you're doing, how you're going about what you're doing. That changes the result and the outcome of, of everything that's happening. Your desires change. Your, your situation changes who you are, where you are, what you're doing. Tiny actions change. And that's, that's the biggest thing. So back to the smoking thing, the, it's a taxable thing and it's and it's a fear-mongering thing and it keeps you low-vibrational and it keeps you down to smoke cigarettes, right? If you're going to smoke cigarettes, you're going to do drugs. You're going to drink alcohol. You're going to do all these other things. And they're all sort of tied, tied in together. If you talk to anybody who's still smoking cigarettes today, chances are they were, or anyone that quit smoking but occasionally has a smoke here and there or whatever it is. It's only when they're drinking. So the drinking is the vice that has also been told to us that it's totally fine. All these drugs are illegal. All these mind-expanding drugs and these things that'll help you break free from your own depression, they're all illegal. Mushrooms, you know, things like that. Marijuana, things like that. Um, But alcohol, the one thing that is the ultimate gateway drug that leads to absolutely everything else and, and makes you make all the worst decisions you've ever made in your entire life and has led you down a terrible path your whole life and to the point where we can't even defend that because we're like, no, no, I have full respect for alcohol and blah, blah, blah. blah. I'm, I'm jumping all over the place, but I have so many points that I, all these things are coming to my head as I, as I think about this, right? You know, full well that you can die of alcohol poisoning. You know, you can drink so much alcohol that, that you're going to throw up and you're going to die. Whether it's from the poisoning of the alcohol itself or from you throwing up on your own vomit, like you can die from alcohol and you can die from prescription drugs You know, every single time you've seen like some sort of, I don't know, movie where the, where the, where the person wants to commit suicide, you know, how many times have they just reached into the cupboard and pulled out whatever drugs they could. They just ate a whole bunch of it. Why on earth would we as a human society believe that if something can kill you in mass quantities, it's totally good for you in small quantities. Like it's just such a peculiar thing. Like if I could, if I could sit there, if I could take an entire bottle of vodka, but not Russian vodka, because they've stopped the sale of Russian vodka, because that's also propaganda. But if I could take uh, an entire bottle of Polish vodka and down it an entire 60, I mean, it's not hard. I mean, you could test yourself and you could down 60 liters or not liters and 60 ounces of water. You could drink that. Right. But what would happen to you if you drank 60 ounces of vodka? in the middle of the day. You'd probably get violently ill. And it's easy to say, well, I wouldn't do that. right? But why would you consume a little bit of something that if you consumed in mass would make you violently ill? Because of the story that we've been told. And again, I'm not saying don't drink. I don't give a shit what you do. You know, The idea here, though, however, is, well, that's not true. I do care what you do. I want you to be happy. But... There are so many people that are like, alcohol makes me happy because of the story that we tell ourselves. Or I have total control of my alcohol. I'm not a bad person. I'm not this. I'm not that. Right. And I don't care, you know, the story that you tell yourself or the story that you tell other people. But, you know, if you really truly address the story inside yourself about what you're doing with your drug consumption, about why you're depressed, about why you have anxiety, all of it stems from the story that you choose to tell yourself. (laughs) And the problem with that story is it's so deep rooted in us. We truly believe that it is. Us, We believe that there's nothing that we can do about it. This is just the way we are. But honestly, it's like reading a book. If you decide to put down that story and pick up another story, well, now you're in an entirely different environment. And this is the same thing, the same thing. So back to smoking, the imagery and everything that we see outside and externally. One of the major imprisonment without chains infrastructures is smoking. And the second one is quitting smoking the quitting smoking industry keeps you on the hamster wheel so they tell you it's impossible to quit smoking it's impossible it's impossible to do that anyone that's got a small desire to make it happen and an ounce of willpower which by the way is something that they told us that we don't deserve right and they've tricked us as to what willpower is I mean to quit smoking it's five days five days of your life where you just stop doing what you're doing but we've been brainwashed into believing that that's impossible How many times have you guys heard the sentence, it's harder to quit smoking than it is to quit heroin? And how many people do you know that shoot heroin? One in a blue moon, as opposed to one in 10 who smoke cigarettes? Back in the day, five in 10, one in two, you know, almost everybody smoked darts back in the day, right? Because it was everywhere. Why did we all smoke? Because it was everywhere. It was on every television show. Everybody on TV, everybody that has been a part of the system since day one has been telling you smoke cigarettes. Do this, do that. And we're just like, well, it's my choice. It's my choice. Why do you own everything that you own? Anything that you own, anything that you like. You saw somewhere you were influenced to pick up. How many stupid things do we have in our house going, why did I buy that? Most of them purchased while drinking off the wonderful Amazon. Well, we're all broke, but we got some shiny stuff. Come on. All right? so back to the matter at hand, back to the war, back to what's going on over there. Right? There are so many versions of what's going on. There are so many stories. I literally watched a newscast where the the anchor and this is in the middle of the day this anchor's just standing there screaming bloody murder that we're all under attack that people are fleeing this and he's just he's just he's telling you this story like it's so adamant and then he but he's standing in Kiev he's standing in the background and it's just business as usual everybody behind him is just you know going to the market driving around so there was a roundabout so you see people walking into shops and you see people driving their cars and just sort of going about business as usual. So the background was business as usual. And the foreground was this guy screaming that the, the, it's world war three and we're all fucked. Now for me, again, that was my experience. I saw that you guys didn't see that. So you don't have to take my word for it. Right. But there are things that we can do in this world that, that add new information that have us asking new questions that have us understanding new truths, new realities. And understand that absolutely everything is fluid. There is no one fact. There is no one absolute in this. And when you hold on to absolutes, you maintain your depression and your anxiety. When you understand that there are no absolutes, that anything can truly be whatever it is, and that there's a a very good chance that we're all just playing a video game right now. And every single thing that we're seeing is an opportunity to experience something. But everybody wants it to be so serious like nukes for example we we started this whole thing with nukes i'm going to read something to you and this is this is this lines up with something that i I've, I've sort of been following for years and years and years nuclear threat nuclear war um, this is just one article i'm not saying take one article and run with it obviously you guys are all pretty amazing thinkers from the emails that i get from you guys um but this here uh i you can just punch it in you can punch it in are nuclear weapons real Right. And Quora is one of those websites that, that answers questions. Ask it a question. People will have answers for you. There's one or two answers on here, but you know, the 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 gist of it all is that you can find anything if you really start looking. Right. And it's not like you're finding answers. You're just finding new information, new information that you can put inside your body that allows you to not feel the fear and be imprisoned by the fear that the television is pushing down our throats and especially the social media. Because people still think that social media is real and and mainstream media is fake. It's not. It's all fake. It's all fake. Absolutely everything is fake. So, this article says the question was Are nuclear weapons real? And the answer, and this is a beautiful answer. So, the answer to this question is No, just a fairy tale. Too many unanswered questions. Germany had the best nuclear scientists and they failed. So, how could less talented American scientists succeed? And in fairytale fashion, why does Germany have nuclear weapons when Pakistan has? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm reading this, but it's not quite written properly. When Pakistan has nuclear bombs, could have ended the Korean War and the Vietnam War decisively and saved over eighty thousand U.S. deaths and five hundred million wounded. Not used. Atomic bombs and conventional bombs look the same. Both produce light and mushroom cloud. So why so much secrecy? Hiroshima appeared to be napalmed. Seismographs are missing during the reported blasts. Why is Kim Eun laughing and taunting U.S. with nuclear bombs rather than conventional? Why is the U.S. backing off using nuclear uh, against Korea? Treating with conventional. (laughs) Sorry. This is really poorly written. Why is Trump sweating the Korean issue? Why doesn't U.S. explode a demonstration atomic bomb to potential foes? America has not used any nuclear weapons, not even Hiroshima ever. No war has ever used nuclear weapons. Incredible. That warmongering USA has not used atomic bomb. The U.S. public should demand a public bomb demonstration of the U.S. nuclear arms. So, this is poorly written, but I wanted to read it a little bit um, to show one other side. People right now in the world are afraid of the nuclear threat, and the nuclear threat is something that's been basically shown to us by the media on television, in movies, stuff that we don't think has been brainwashing us because we still think that you know there's a difference between the news and Hollywood. Tom Cruise is not a news anchor, right? But all of it is tied in with the same brainwashing. Everything, every one of these people is tied into the same thing. So that was a very poor example because of the grammar and the and the poor writing and the fact that I didn't properly proofread all of that uh, beforehand, so it didn't sound like a mess. (laughs) But at the end of the day, that's this show, and you guys tune into it um, because I am not perfect. Nor do I ever claim to be perfect. This, however, is a very fascinating thing. So if you guys actually do decide you want to look into the whole lack of nuclear weapons, the lack of this, that, and the other thing, there are a lot of holes that start poking up when you start asking these questions. And another thing too, like if you're getting triggered by any of this stuff, and I don't think you guys are, you know, but you certainly know people who easily get triggered. And if, if you, if these people are getting triggered, like you're having a, a conversation with somebody who doesn't have the uh, ability to understand a different point of view. And a lot of that, you're seeing a lot of that in, in the, the free thinker community, quote unquote, where if you don't agree with my free thinking, then you're an asshole (laughs) and that's unnecessarily aggressive, but it happens. You experience it as the person who's being the victim of the aggression so that you yourself don't ever have to be that way as well as the aggressor who speaks these words understands that maybe I don't have to be that way. Like, why did I get locked into an idea? Right, And that's the thing. And that's the biggest part about freedom and free thinking and, and mindset and, and freeing yourself of all this stuff. Our ego is, is adamant that we are a hundred percent right about so many things. And that if anyone disagrees with what we're saying, they're dickheads. Look at the way anyone talks to anybody online, that stuff that was pre-programmed into us. We were pre-programmed to be dickheads, that's exactly what we were pre-programmed to do. But it's also, it also only exists like that so that we can break free from that exact programming. So there's no reason for us to be dickheads anymore to anyone ever, period, because it's got nothing to do with them. Them believing us or not believing us is irrelevant. The only time we're ever actually triggered in these scenarios is when we are unsure of it ourselves and we're doing our best to explain it to ourselves through them, through the story. And then they throw mockery at us. So remember, a lot of this stuff is for you to experience. A lot, Everything that we're doing here is, is your experience. It's all naturally yours. Even that you found this podcast goes in with your experience. It's all for you. This whole thing, this whole journey is your journey. And if you were to get snuffed out or if you were to sporadically die or instantly die, what did you learn? What would be the point of that? I mean, your consciousness is the most important thing in the entire world. You're having an experience and it's impossible to have an experience if you're no longer here (laughs) where you go after this. I don't have any answers for that, but I do know one thing, the biggest shift to anyone fighting depression and anxiety is this. Understand that you are not the body. Understand that everything that we think is physical, the physical realm, the physical, everything, and that we put our importance on being, you know, that it's false. You are inside the body if that's even a possibility. right? Because how can we be also inside the body if we're inside this reality? So we're I mean inside the body inside this reality, but I created this reality. I mean there's so many different things. All I'm saying is the biggest shift that you could ever possibly make inside yourself is understanding that you are not the body. And even if the body goes, you don't. You are having experience just like scuba diving. If you want to scuba dive, if you want to go down into that atmosphere, if you want to go down into that reality, into that realm, you have to put on a suit and a rebreather and all of that sort of stuff. That's Exactly. exactly what we did when we came here. We put on this meat suit and we're having the experiences that we're having. And the experiences that we're having are changing us and they're making us grow and they're making us stronger. At least that's the whole purpose of what we're doing here. Without any conflict, we wouldn't have anything to fight about. We wouldn't have anything to gripe about. We wouldn't have anything to grow from. And there are people that don't want to grow and they exist as well, maybe as NPCs, to show you how far you've come. So every single person that's out there that wants to live in fear and that wants to to, to create victimhood and that wants to be a victim and that wants to not, not do anything and that constantly wants to complain, those people exist as contrast for you to be so thankful that you no longer have to deal with that or think that way or be that way or show yourself that. And then those people, maybe those people wake up and when they start waking up, they look back and go, "Wow, I spent so much time locked in the illusion, and even waking up was part of the illusion." I mean, I can't say this enough. You know, people talk about layers of waking up and, and all that sort of stuff, and then you hear people talk about woke too. Waking up and, and woke are two entirely different things. Woke is an embarrassment. Uh, it's it's like it's it's controlled opposition. You people are woke, right? No, and waking up is like life-changing. It's altering everything. It changes the way your chemistry inside your body works. If you're a smoker, typically you'll quit smoking. If you're a drinker, typically you'll quit drinking. If you're overweight, you'll figure out how to get into shape because now all of a sudden things are a fun challenge. You're like, well, wait a minute. I'm not here. I'm not a prisoner of of my decisions. I I, I have the opportunity now to use this where I am to to grow, to become something. It's beautiful. And all all I can really tie it into is a lot of the levels of waking up do come at interesting intervals and interesting times. And it's like, have you ever woken up from a dream, but you're actually still in the dream. And then you wake up from that dream, man, that's cool. That's some inception stuff. And we've all been there. We've all had that dream type experience, but I'll tell you, man, this journey, this trip, everything that we're doing, if we stop focusing on the war, if we stop focusing on the pandemic, if we stop focusing on everything that they're taking from us, and we start focusing on the entirety of everything as a whole, things start looking up. Things start looking better. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I've taken up enough of your time today. So in the infamous words of Red Green, keep your stick on the ice.